Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson, pow pow pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, it's the Melchester Odyssey. Um, I have in my hand the 27th of November 1982 issue of Roy of the Rovers. We uh, creep closer to Christmas 1982. And uh, the front cover promises us Andy King and Willie Miller in colour. Um, there's also a tantalising uh, offer. It says special offers, pen telescopes, cameras, binoculars, microscopes, details inside. We'll have a closer look at that later on, I think. Uh, Those the, were much more popular toys back then, weren't they? Yeah. Nanoculars. Um, Nelescopes. Yeah. <laughs> back, in, back in that era... All any kid wanted to do, or any kid wanted more than anything else, was to see things, but more close up. Close up. Get a microscope. Get yourself a couple of them little slides. Find a fly. Squash it between the slides. Whack it under the microscope. Have okay, a good well look. close up. Have a proper look at it. See what it's about. That was I, science. I remember going to stay at my um, country cousins in the not country, country cousins. Cousin? I've got country cousins, right? I still have. <laughs> and they Fred lived and in Rose. The, they lived in the, in the cut not far from Fred and Rose because they did live in Gloucestershire. Yeah. They did live in Gloucestershire, but they yeah. live in in the Cotswolds. One of them still does. Anyway, it's very idyllic village in the Cotswolds, right? And I used to mm. go there with all my cousins would come over in summer and we'd and we'd sometimes go there for a few days and sometimes we'd stay. And we went there once, and it was in the winter or the autumn, and uh, it fucking got snowed in, yeah? And while we were there, and we woke up in the morning, and it yeah. had snowed so heavily overnight. We were supposed to be staying for one night. Now, I wasn't with my mum. I'd always be looked after by my aunties, right, in the summer. Yeah. Right, so that my my aunties would take me away. And Give I was with all my rest. cousins. So I, I was the only cousin who didn't have their mummy with them, right? Right. And when I woke up in the morning, and one night away was my limit because I'd get very homesick, right? Yeah. And I woke up and and it, it snowed so heavily. And this is a tiny, tiny fucking village, a hamlet in a valley in the Cotswolds, right near mm. Sirencester. And it, we were just fucking snowed in, right? I knew it. moment I fucking woke up, I was about eight. I woke up, I've looked straight out the window. I thought, right, we're fucked. We ain't going fucking anywhere, lads. We're right? going to die. We ain't going out today. We're all going to... Right, we might as well start eating each other now. <laughs> Cut to the fucking chase. Right. The Italians were there. It was the country cousins, the Italians and me, right? So it's like, listen, cunts, you lot might be used to the country life, but matey boy here, old fish cake, he's got to get back to the city. He's not comfortable <laughs> here. It's not my domain, right? 24 <laughs> hours is my fucking limit. I've got to fucking get out of here. And there's no chance that we were fucking snowed in like cunts. You could barely open the <laughs> I door. Need those, I need those city streets, mate. I won't allow 
hopping from the curb onto the road and back onto the curb again, whistling an happy tune. Clicking me heels together. By. Clicking me heels together, going past the market stalls, picking up a shiny red apple, bouncing it off my forearm, <laughs> taking a bite and winking at the flower at the flower stall lady. <laughs> Saying hello to the chimney sweep as he cycles by. That's that's my natural domain. It's where I feel myself, not out here. It's Can't bloody horrible. <laughs> Smells of shit. <laughs> and that was snowed in. I like the I like the smell of lead. Right. So anyway, Oops. I it was re- it was really upsetting. I was well upset, right? Because but I had to try and keep a brave face and pretend I wasn't super homesick. But straight away, my auntie, whose house it was, we were in their cottage. She's like going to the other grown ups. Yeah, this happens a few times a year. This won't. We'll, we'll, we won't be able to get. We've got enough food. Don't worry. But we won't. We won't be going anywhere on the roads or anything for a, till the end of the week, mm. right? And they go now, and everyone's giving it all of this. Oh, it's quite an adventure in a way, isn't it? It's lovely because we're just stuck in there. We've got plenty of food. It'll be all cosy. It's like being on a camping trip. Oh, it's so much fun, and we haven't got any choice. And the other kids going, yeah, it's great. And I'm there going, yeah. Great, but I'm thinking, fuck this. I'm Do you know what fu- they all sound I'll... like, Sam? Do you know what they all right. sound like? Cunts. Blue Peter kids. Oh. Blue well, Peter certainly viewers. Not, my kids are, the, the kid, my cousins are a little bit, but my, I mean, the Italians were like, eh, we stay, we go, I don't care, you've got plenty of, I mean, there might be a problem with not many women. All the women here I'm related to, so I don't know what we're going to do about the female situation, but other than that, uh, yeah, it's fine. Calm situations down, like this, the lines get blurred, you know what I mean? <laughs> All bets are off. The main thing is, we have plenty of cigarettes. <laughs> I think I've seen some bottles of wine in the cupboard. We've got to be fine, pussycats. Right, but I'm like, fucking hell. I was really, like, stressed, but I didn't want to show it. And uh, they mm. said, right, Oh, uh, we better call your mum and let her know, right? So they they were my dad's sisters. So, but they they called my mum and they go, listen, uh, we're snowed in here and we're probably not going to be able to come back for at least the end of the week. But don't mm. worry, it's fun. Everyone's enjoying it, right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I've got this Richter grin on my face, thinking, I'm fucking not. But I didn't <laughs> want to show it, right? Yeah, they were all right. They were with their mums, right? And I said, yeah. And they said, anyway, uh, we'll put Sam on. Do you want Do you want to talk to your mum? She was in her office, yeah? And I go, <laughs> yes, please. Like that. Of course I fucking want to talk to my mum. <laughs> I'm probably never going to see her again because we're all going to die, you cunts. <laughs> they put me on the phone to her and she was like, oh, so you're snowed in. And I go, yeah. And I'm try- everyone's in the room looking at me on the phone to her and I'm really trying to hold yeah. it together, right? And they go, she goes, well, are you okay? And I knew, my mum knew me well enough to think, that cunt won't be okay, he'll be wetting his fucking knickers over this. Right? baby. If I know fucking fish cake, and I think I fucking do, because I gave birth to the cunt, he'll be fucking wetting his pants at the sight of this fucking snow. And she goes, are you okay? And I go, yeah. And I can see everyone's eyes on me, right? And she goes, are you sure you're okay? Uh, and I go, because this is what I've heard the other grown-ups saying. I go, and it, by the way, the reason I remember this specific part of the story so vividly is it's become folklore amongst right. my cousins and aunties. Because yeah. at this point, I've gone like this. Yeah, I'm fine. 
It's just like Cadbury! <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking just burst out crying, mate. I've fucking done myself. I burst out oh. crying in front of all of them. Oh, you can imagine no. the Italians, they were gawping at me like, what is, what is he doing? What yeah. is the matter with him? I don't know. Why he cry now? <laughs> he like baby man. Are you three years old like, now? What? Yeah, my auntie is brutal. My auntie still lives in the country. She is brutal when I see her. She always brings it up. She goes, oh, remember when we got slowed in and you're on the phone to your mum and you went, it's just like a <laughs> And then started crying in front of everyone. And I was like, oh, God almighty. It was really bad. But anyway, the reason I brought that incident up is that I was fucking, I was rock bottom, Andy. I was gutted. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. I was homesick and I'd humiliated myself by crying in front of all of my cousins, it's, right? It's not funny. I, I was rock bottom. But do you know what made me feel better? I thought nothing's going to improve my mood until I was I was, pr- I was praying for death. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> look, we're going to die anyway. As far as I'm concerned, sooner the fucking better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And my uncle, Chris who's no longer with us. He died quite shortly afterwards. He died very young. But he was a fucking top bloke. And he's gone... He's he's clocked how I'm feeling. But mm. unlike aunties who can be a little bit... Oh, are you OK? Everyone gather around Sam and make a big fuss and make sure mm. everyone's paying attention to him because he's a big baby. Right? <laughs> he was like... He clocked me and he, he didn't say anything, right? He was very cool. He, he just fucking knew. He thought... He's made a bit of a cunt out of himself probably feeling double gutted at the moment so he's waiting till the dust set and he's going uh you ever uh seen my microscope right and i go <laughs> and he goes my microscope you know i've got a microscope don't you and i'm like what a real one and he goes yeah not one of the kiddie toys one it's a fucking proper one science one went, oh, yeah can i have a go on it and he goes yeah he goes what do you want to look at? And I go, like, this is what made me think of it, because you said I'll get a fly and squash a fly. And I said, oh, yeah. oh I don't know what we're going to look at. He goes, ever seen blood close up? And I go, <laughs> no. And it, the cunt gets a knife, a pen knife, cuts his own finger, drips the blood onto a glass slide, zooms in on it and goes to me, look through there. As soon as I looked into that, down at, at the blood. my uncle's mm. blood, and I could see all the blood cells... Mm-hmm. I was fucking right as rain, mate. Right, right as rain. It fixed yeah. me. It Brilliant. totally fixed me. And that bloke, I'm going to tell my cousins that about their dad. Because he was an amazing uncle. And unfortunately, he just, he sort of died completely out of the blue about a year yeah. later. And, uh, but that is a really fond memory because I was really in a bad way. And I did used to get really homesick and it wasn't nice being snowed in. And I was feeling like a right cunt. And what a fucking insight that bloke had to think. <clears throat> I know what that kid needs. Yeah. He needs me to cut my own hand open yeah. and drip blood onto a slide so he can then observe my blood through that microscope. And it's, he was right. That's all I needed. Because like every it, kid in this era, and it would have been about 1982, by the way, when this all played out, all I wanted to do, Andy, was see things mega close up through yeah. binoculars yeah. and microscopes. It's and a good life ne- logistics. And nelescopes. Nelescopes as well, the full gamut. It's a good life logistics as well if you're ever with a child 
who seems mm. to be distressed. Find the nearest microscope, cut your finger open, get some blood on that slide and let them have a look. And everything kids. will be, in your words, right as rain. Right Straight as away. fucking rain. Once a kid yeah. has had the opportunity to look at some blood close up, yeah. they will be fucking, everything's gravy. <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, let's have a look at this Melchester Rovers thing then, shall we? Roy the Rovers. Here we are. Um, yeah. 27th of November 1982. Uh, it's another episode which seems to be mostly set in the sweat box. The Melchester Rovers indoor training compound. Um, and it begins by ca- catching us up with a story. Roy Race had given a trial to young Andy Locke, whose obvious skills were being spoiled by his selfishness and arrogant manner. So <laughs> Vernon Elliott. So Vernon Elliott decided to do something about it. Vernon Elliott, of course, who's on the brink of death himself, he could do a scene of microscope. He's just been, he's confessed that he thinks his career's over. Roy would be like, right, Blackie, go and get the microscope. Someone needs to, someone needs to turn on the microscope. Vernon's fucking, he's, he's hit rock bottom. <laughs> Cut your finger, go on. Blackie, uh, get the knife and the microscope. It's time to do some blood looking. <laughs> <laughs> of course he told Vernon to uh, organise his own testimonial hadn't he um, so there we are uh, Vernon storms across to Andy Locke and he says out of the way Roy Roy goes oh and Vernon says it's time someone pointed out to Master Locke that there are 11 players in a football team and Locke fucking bounces back and says now listen and Vernon says, no, you listen to me, boy. If you really want to play for Melchester Rovers, you're going the wrong way about it. You're wasting the talent you were born with. And then we get a proper close-up of Vernon's face. So cut out the smart stuff. Stop trying to beat every player in the park and score all the goals yourself, or you might as well shove off home right now. Wow. Woo! I've never seen Vernon Elliott so angry. To be honest, I didn't think he had it in him. He's I've always seen such Elliot a gentle, benign yeah. character. He's always had that, I don't know if this is the right phrase to use, the Calypso kind of style about him, really laid back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sanguine. And, but uh, it, it, this must be here. to do with his injury. He's he's cut, yeah. he's got, he's thinking a little bit. You know what? He's started to contemplate his own mortality is what yeah, I think. Yeah, that's what's happened. And, and the, the stages of that is that there's denial and then there's rage, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good that they didn't show him the blood because he might have calmed down, but what he's done is a good thing because it's probably going to set Andy Locke on the right path. Uh, And then it just says after that, a moment of utter silence followed Vernon's amazing outburst and Roy is a thought bubble coming from Roy's fantastically quaffered head. And Roy thinks, it was a bit of a shock for me. Never mind about Andy. Let's just hope it had the desired effect. And we will see if it does, because as the practice match continued, Vic Guthrie's got the ball, uh, and Duncan Mackay's overlapping on the left. He says, on your left, Vic Guthrie. Guthrie thinks, no way, young Locke is still sulking, so I reckon I can take him. So he's going to try and take him. I mean, this is Vic Guthrie. He's not a skillful footballer. No, I don't he's, know a why he thinks he's he effective. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, he's what got a role to play in this team, yeah. but he's a lump. He's not He's not going to be able to go around hard someone. Hard kiss, yeah. Not a skillful player. Um, 
And it says, like a lot of defenders, Vic Guthrie fancied himself as a striker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it out. I've that defenders who might be reading this. That's you put in your box. But, and he tries to take him on. Um, but Andy Locke tackles Guthrie. Guthrie goes, oof! And one of the other players says, uh, oh, what a tackle! Another one says, that kid has got iron! As well as skill, iron in inverted commas for some reason. Um, yeah, what as if it doesn't exist? Iron, well, of course, isn't a real yeah, substance, a, kids. A it's just a, it, it's a word that's been made up probably uh, probably in Greek times. It's just it's a joke, really. <laughs> He's got iron in his blood. It's back to blood again. Yeah. The blood episode. Um. <laughs> so uh, Andy Locke runs off with the ball, and there's three Melchester defenders in front of him. And one of them says, but he's too greedy for his own good. Watch him try to walk the ball around the whole lot of us. Another one says, let him come, you Reds. These are all like generic players. I've not recognised any of these. These are there to make up the numbers, I think, in this practice match. Uh, a lot of you know backs are on the left, say nothing for once. So let him come, you Reds. And Locke runs towards him with the ball at his feet. Then, and Andy Locke shouts, Jimmy Slade. And he plays a pass through the legs of the middle of the three defenders who shouts hey and then oh yeah it's Paco Diaz he says what the um, the delicately played pass took even Jimmy Slade by surprise Slade hits it first time slices it wide of the post look at Toby Morton there Toby Morton looks like he's about to fall down Whoa. just from standing Toby up Morton. He, he, yeah, he's just fucking wobbling about. He's like, fuck, fuck, that's gone wide because I can't even fucking, I can barely see straight. He's looking at it like, thank fuck for that. I had no chance for that. I've eaten like myself a into a coma. Oh, God, I knew I should have had those peanuts before we trained. I had like, a, I had about a fucking pound of peanuts before we came out here into the sweat box because I, I figured I'd sweat the peanuts out. But no, the it's the opposite. Well. They're stopped. I'm not digesting them at all. <laughs> They've gone to me head. Peanuts can do that, you know. They go to your knot. <laughs> so Jimmy Slade slices it wide and goes, Gaya! Morton just looks delighted that it's gone past him. Uh, he should have scored. Young Locke set up the perfect opening. What a pass! And... Uh, Vernon's sit on, sitting on the bench at the side. What are those benches you used to have in the, the hall at school? The fucking, I don't know what they're called. Piggy benches? Those low ones. Jalapeño. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jalapeño. And Vernon says, that's more like it. Hey, Roy looks as if our whiz kid is coming to his senses. Um, and Roy says, uh, thanks to you, Vernon. Uh, about that job I promised you, now that your playing career is over. His playing career is not <laughs> fucking over. He's only got like a muscle injury that he's had for a couple yeah. of months. Obviously, death is, will soon be upon you, but I am willing <laughs> to try and make your last few days, your last dying moments on this earth, on this mortal earth, as bearable as possible. As comfortable as they can be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there was no indication that it was definitely the end of his career, but Royce just said there, now that your playing career is over, now that you're sitting there thinking about it for the last 10 minutes, he says, our youth team setup could do with an assistant manager and full-time coach. Do you fancy the idea? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So the youth team setup has no assistant manager or full-time coach. Yeah, I've been no, neglecting that a bit. I, I generally just tell them to train themselves. But they've been getting a bit out of hand recently, so maybe I can... Now, the thing, as far as money's concerned, we can't actually pay you as such. <laughs> Every player that gets into the first team from the youth, you can get 50 quid in M&S vouchers. It, what do you, you think know about that? You, you know GB News, right? I've yeah. been getting some inside uh, information. So I, I know a few people who work there, right? Right. Against their will, really. I mean, they sort of, <laughs> except the John now, they're just, it's like they're trapped inside a cult. Yeah. And so I've been hearing a, a, quite a lot of funny stuff that like I won't go into fully. I might do it on a future episode. But this just reminds me of, um, you know, like when you're a guest on a news show on a radio mm. or TV, like mm. generally speaking, if you're going into a TV show, it's not, you know, you get a, a car is sent for you, right? Yeah. You, you get a car in. That's like, if you're going to go all the way in, if, you, if you're going to go in, you're not going to fucking get a bus in. They're asking you to do it. Sometimes mm. you don't even get a paid a fee. So the least you think is, well, can I have a taxi if you want to come to your studio? Mm. Um, also, if you're a producer and you're doing like a night shift or an early morning shift, right? So let's say you have to be in the studio at 3 or 4 a.m. to start yeah. working on the breakfast show. Generally speaking, because it's still dark and everything, and some of these people are young, young women, and the and the bus services aren't all running. Again, most organisations would say, we'll either send you a taxi on account or you bill it back. What GB News are doing, right, is that they go, listen, uh, we can't send taxis, but um, what we've decided to do is we've, we've invested in a minibus, right? Fucking hell, I was going to say is, minibus. It, it goes around London, right? <laughs> 
and it just circulates and stops at certain places and you just get on it and it won't just be producers it's also contributors right so this bus is going around london and if you're one of the guests right they've invited you on to fucking moan about you know having to wear a mask yeah, or taking the or any of the other fucking things that you've pointlessly got talk, angry talk about. About how good English wine is. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, you've been asked to do that, and they go right. Just hang around. There's no time either. It's like go and hang around at a bridge at this bridge, right? Around three in the morning. Between eventually, three and five in the morning. Yeah, eventually a van will turn up. Right, <laughs> it's not branded. It's not branded, well, but you'll see other GB people on there. They'll all vouch for it and say, yeah, we're the GB News gang. And you just get on. And then it goes around a bit longer and picks up other people from other bridges. And then eventually it just brings everyone here to the studio. <laughs> Can you imagine? I love it. I mean, fuck I me. How desperate. If you're, one of the con- if you're one of the producers, you'd be you'd be a bit pissed off. But, you know, these mm. people are trying to work hard and work their way up. Grease upon some of them are young and can't afford to get a taxi and all the rest of it, right? You're a fucking contributor going on to talk about whatever. And I don't think people should take the name. Why is everyone so worried about racism? It can't be that bad. <laughs> right? Or whatever it, whatever your preposterous opinion is. Right? How desperate are you to go on TV and express that opinion that you just stand around waiting for a fucking van to come pick up a load of other cunts on it? Fucking the cunt mobile. Are they paying fees or not? I think they must be paying fees. But, I, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm going to find out that Jesus detail Christ. and see how much it is. They, I mean, I've watched it a couple of times just briefly and they've had sort of all right guests. I mean, they mm. have fucking a right bunch of nutters as well. But there were occasionally people who were actually surprised. Like, I saw Tony Parsons on there and I thought, oh, I'm a bit surprised he went on. But anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. Right to the sun, doesn't he, Tony Parsons? He does, yeah. He does. He's yeah. just, a, I suppose, he's a, he's a best-selling author. He does write mm. for Sun, but I don't know. It's just sort of like, why does he need to go on? Do you know what well, I mean? Yeah, the money will have been involved, I reckon. Money will have changed hands there. I mean, yeah, Christopher Biggins I mean, was on last Tony night. Parsons, he sells that many books. He's not short of a few quid. Yeah. So you've got exactly. to ask yourself, I mean, you know, yeah, anyway, the point is, the main thing is the van that just circulates, yeah, mopping up, mopping up people. I reckon sometimes if they're struggling with contributors, they just pull up next to people who they think might look like the sort of people who'd say what they need <laughs> go, hello, mate. You got any opinions on immigration or COVID? Yeah, I'm not head there as it goes. Yeah, get on board then. Where? <laughs> Where are you taking me? Where do you think? GB News Studios. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> and they start playing Land of Hope Glory over the fucking tunnel yeah. when you're on the bus. <laughs> Fucking astounding. Yeah, I've no, got some had... good gossip from inside there yeah. that I'll I'll outline on future episodes. But that probably, although less extreme than some of the other bits, is probably my favourite bit. Because I just I like imagine being on that bus, Andy. Fucking well, they had Christopher Biggins on last night. I saw that on Twitter. So that'd Did be they? that'd be good being in a mini bus with Biggins. Yeah. I'd pay to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've 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 spent time with I've I've. Um, Spent time socialising with Biggins. I mean, I don't like to boast. I don't like to boast, Andy, but those are the kind of circles that I have been in. Well, exactly. And now you're reduced to this. It's quite... It's, you know... These those were great times, but yeah, you know, he's he's everything you would expect and want him to be and more. Yeah, good. Anyway, let's get back to this, please. 
because we're running out of time. Uh, so he's offered him the job, youth team assistant manager, a full-time coach. Uh, Do you fancy the idea? And Werner says, you just try and stop me, Roy. It'll be a pleasure. Um, as the practice session came to an end, uh, Roy and Vernon <laughs> walking off the court. Uh, you can start the new job right away. <laughs> We're desperate by continuing the good work with young Locke. Yeah, uh, Vernon go says, on. "Fuck off there, round the corner." But shouldn't we talk about terms and contract? Fucking hell, I've Vernon. told you, there's no money. Don't Fifty quid a MLS voucher for every uh, first team. Job or not? <laughs> you count to three. Give me an answer. Uh, he says it's going right, to take go time right? there's something now. bugging that kid and uh, yeah and then we see Andy Locke hurtling off towards the exit quickly got changed back into his denims and um, Roy says he's in a hurry too hey Andy and the caretaker is in the background says I've never seen anyone get changed so fast Roy he went in and out of the dressing room like a jackrabbit <laughs> catch up with him Roy says Vernon and Roy thinks I fucking will so, uh, but the Melchester player manager was too late and he sees Locke running off round the corner, scratches his head, Roy, and thinks, what the heck is the matter with that kid? He didn't even wait to find out if I wanted him to sign on or come back for another trial. And he could wait a long time now. I've just remembered that I don't even know where he lives. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'll tell you what. I've just forgotten his name. (laughs) My knot's gone fucking... I've not been myself recently. Blackie's cousins came down. And usually it's just... They just bring the sniff with them, which I'm fine with. I've got a great constitution (laughs) when it comes to sniff. I mean, I can be at it all night and still be right. It's ready for training. But they didn't have any. They gave me this something to smoke. They rolled it up in a big fucking (laughs) cigar. And I fucking smoked it. And I tell you what. I've been fucking... I've been a bit worried about me old knot ever since. I've been having fucking weird dreams. I woke up screaming the other night and Penny had to coddle me back to sleep. Right now, I can't remember any cunt's name. I just retired Vernon Elliott against his will. I've offered trials to a kid whose name and address I'm completely unaware of. I don't know whether I'm coming over. I'm going to tell Blackie, no more smoking that bollocks of me. Tell your cousins in future, if they ain't got sniff, tell them not to bring out at all. I'm looking at another relegation here, I think. Fucking hell, whatever that means. I don't even know what fucking league we're in. Um, So that's that one. How many marks out of 10 you giving that? I like that one. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. I like the drama. Yeah, there was a lot of cool I liked there. it that we just got to know more about Vernon. There are so many players in this team that I feel don't get enough of their own stories. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, we've done like two years of this now. We've, we know very little about Vernon. The only years. one who we ever dug just a tiny bit deeper into was uh, Vic Guffrey, and that was only because he was a suspect in the uh, sh- shooting at the attempted, attempted murder, murder of Roy Race. But yeah. the others, like even these legends, like Gordon, uh, like a Duncan Mackay and stuff like that, mm. you don't really... You don't really learn much about them, do you? They're, love, they're very, some see, of them are two-dimensional. I'd love like, to see what makes them tick. Yeah, at home with Duncan Mackay would be an excellent two-page colour strip, I think. That would be amazing. <laughs> In fact, I think we should do a spin-off pod about it. <laughs> well, commission someone to do that. I love like alone. David Skew. <laughs> I live alone. It, it suits me. I have yeah. a very particular routine. Uh, I am married. It's true. I am happily married, but she lives in a separate house in a separate town. 
That's the way, that's the secret of our marriage being so long lasting. We meet three times a year on our birthdays and Christmas Day. (laughs) It works for us. And if it works, it works. If it's not broken, don't fix it. That's what I tell my Morag whenever she has to see me more regularly. I have a garden which I am allowed to grow over into some kind of wilderness. But I also have a window box which I take pride in growing flowers in. They're beautiful and brightly coloured. All of my furniture is covered in a plastic sheet to avoid any damage or staining. <laughs> and I wear a white disposable boiler suit around the house in order to avoid infection. <laughs> and a hairnet. All of the lights are ultraviolet. <laughs> I believe it keeps me young. I have an ultraviolet light in my bathroom. When I, when I defecate in the pool, I look down at it and sometimes it appears to be fluorescent green, like something that has fallen from space. It is fascinating. Sometimes I leave it there for days just so I can gaze upon it without flushing. I like to watch mm-hmm. it slowly dissolve in the pan. So as you can see, I've given you some insight to the very particular domestic arrangements that I... <laughs> that define my life. Thank you for inviting me to participate in this uh, experiment. This is why I must live alone. We, myself and Morak, have had three children, all of whom we had adopted immediately <laughs> after their birth. Um, on the uh, Roy Race talking page, there's a query from uh, Tommy Marshall in Fife in Scotland. Uh, says, I would like to know how many issues of Royal of the Rovers have been published to date because you don't print the number on the front cover. Fuck off. Roy pretty much says that, yeah. He says, uh, the staff and I feel that the date is sufficient, Tommy. <laughs> plus the fact... <laughs> Tommy, the fact... it costs money. <laughs> you don't plus just fucking use it willy-nilly. Week... Each week I'm the front cover is crammed here. with colour, details of features inside, etc. And the issue you are reading now is number 315. Kindly fuck off. <laughs> Work it out, you fucking div. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they teach maths at school? Oh, God. Uh, there we go. Um, I'm not sure we've got time to go through the two-page Fantastic Christmas Offers but um, here are the items you could order. Clip-on telescope at three ninety nine delivered. Bang. Eight times 50 binoculars. 50? Bang. What? Eight no, times, times 50. Oh, no. Like that's, it, it, that's the zoom. Yeah. You can see Eight times magnification times with large 50 millimetre objective lenses. It explains it more that's on it. the other side of the page. I thought it was like a box of eight and you get 50 of them in. So you can knock them out in a market stall. I got a box Cause... of fifteen inoculars, right? <laughs> you win these. Keep a set for yourself for when you need to look at stuff, right? But the other forty-nine sets, sell them at the market. Quid's in. <laughs> tell them Roy sent you. Uh, then there's illuminated uh, times thirty uh, microscope at six ninety-nine delivered. A zoom microscope kit. You can, you can look at blood through that. I yeah, got blood. Perfect for the blood. For any blood looking you, what, you want to do, I'll enclose some blood for you to look at. Some of mine, That's and some right, of Blackie's as well. Blackie's got scouse blood, which has different makeup to it. It's quite complex. 
Oh, I'll fascinating to with, look at. This one comes with a deluxe biology discover kit, complete with dissection set, brine shrimp eggs, and hatchery, which I believe is what they call sea monkeys now. Um, specimen test tubes and clamp, ten-piece slide set including prepared slides, prepared butterfly liquids and dyes. Supplied in gift box with ten-year guarantee. Ten-year guarantee. Fucking Fuck hell. What about Someone that? could have called that in in 1992. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's broken. <laughs> yeah, I got. I want a. Uh, I want a a, uh, a microscope and a 30 times blood microscope off of you in 1982, <laughs> and it's uh, it's gone faulty, and I'm still within one month of the warranty. <laughs> Uh, you also get you can also get a camera for five pound fifty delivered. Um, it accepts drop-in film cartridges available from Kodak, Agfa, Fuji, Boots, etc., and is completely acceptable for color photography. How about that? It's completely. Um, Does it do color photographs? Now, <clears throat> I'd be very careful how I word this. My answer yeah. to that. Okay, <laughs> it is perfectly acceptable for color <laughs> photography. We so does that mean, tea. yes, it does take colour photographs. Uh, it is perfectly, I, I will say it again, and I have to stick, I'm sorry, but I have to stick very strictly, I've been advised I have to stick very strictly to this wording. It is perfectly acceptable for colour photography. <laughs> Just let's move on. So there we are. That's the Christmas Bonanza offers a double page there of uh, all of the things that you could... Uh, you could order directly from other Rovers. You can even put in your Bartley card visa access number and or send it's in a, a bonanza of no of cash. D- it's a it's a bonanza of devices that you can look at things more closely with. Yes, that's the yeah. That, that the, was uh, the the craze for Christmas '82. Looking at stuff was simply seeing things a bit bigger. Yeah. So there we are. That is the end of that one. I think, was there anything else? I don't think there was, was there? Uh, no, that'll um, do. Roy's message, have you ever wondered what it's like to get together a well-balanced talking? What to include, what to leave out? Yeah. I just oh. I just thought that wasn't good enough, so I decided not to talk about yeah. that. All right, yeah, let's leave it. <laughs> I don't enough. even understand what he's on about. <laughs> well, it's this page, it's the talking page, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He's just um, a bit navel-gazing from Roy. All right, to be honest, I'm just filling we'll space with, here. We'll be back with more next week, and next week's includes coverage of one of the most horrific photographs I've ever seen in a children's comic. So tune in for that. Thanks very right. much. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.